Hey, 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 hey. It's Shonda. How y'all doing? What's up? It's Mike J. So we are really, really, really excited because it is the end of the year. End of the decade. Okay, okay, okay. The end of the decade. That is very, very important. And this is episode 10. And this is episode 10. That is awesome. It's bringing us to the end of our first season with y'all. Like, it's been truly, truly amazing. So, we got the end of the year. End of the year. End of the decade. End of the decade. And the end of our season. And the end of our season. And, you know, we're celebrating over these next couple days, 15 years of marriage. That today is actually. Yeah, it's actually today. But the show will drop tomorrow. You know what I mean? To be 35 years old. Am I 35? You're 35. I'm 37. Dang. Like, to be that age and celebrating 15 years is an amazing thing. Yeah, because a lot of people we know ain't make it 15 mm-hmm. years. Or they own their second or third wife by now. <laughs> so, that's great. And I still look good. I feel like I get better as I get older. You know what I mean? And then I, like, balance out. You age like wine. Ooh, fine wine. Yes, or maybe some good Hennessy. I don't even like Hennessy. I don't great even Hennessy, not good Hennessy. What's what's great Hennessy? What I prefer. Yeah. I can't afford the other stuff, but I can afford the Hennessy privilege okay. or the VSOP. The VSOP. Okay, okay. So, like always, you know, we'll get on a rant. <laughs> Today's episode, the theme is the Ebony Mashup Decade Review. Most of the times you do like a year review, a yearly review, but we thought so many great things have happened over these last 10 years. There's been some great accomplishments, not some not so great things either. We had a lot of deaths. Yeah, there was a lot of deaths. We lost some great people um, over these last 10 years. But when we started this show, we talked about the amazingness of us as black people. Oh, yeah. Um. What I really saw over the last 10 decades, 10 decades, <laughs> what I saw over the That's last years, hush, <laughs> over the last decade was some trailblazers. Yeah. Like some people came on the scene and really like showed me what it was like to go out there and just chase what you need to chase at all BS aside. You know what I mean? There's been some really, really great trailblazers um i mean but it's been a big decade for women of color too yes definitely a big decade for women of color and um a big decade for new narratives yes you know what i'm saying whether it was in sports um politics uh (laughs) pop culture you know we have had some talk about politics talk about politics but we have some also some really uh ugly stuff going on too a lot of beautiful stuff too the quote you know we start with a quote the quote that i have today it's a pro tip all right it's more of a tip as we go into the next year more so than a quote all right Mm -hmm. don't let a toxic mixture of fear and laziness Fuck with your goals, ambition, and productivity. Like, 
here's the thing. <laughs> it's like jump right in. We let so many people distract us. We let other people's business distract us. So let me say it again. Don't let the toxic mixture of your personal fears and your pure D laziness. We are some lazy people. We say we want some things, right? Yeah, yeah. We want a whole lot of things, but we don't want to put the work in to do it. And all of those those two things, those mm-hmm. fear and laziness, it straight shits on our goals. And it straight um, takes away, We it, it becomes an energy vulture. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, our yep. fears. And um, because of our fears, we become lazy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or because we don't know the end result, we become lazy. And so then um, we can't be productive. Yes. Um, you know, everybody is setting their their, their resolutions or uh, or all of that right now. But I really don't believe in res because what's the point? You gonna say they going them resolutions gonna be broke after the first month, right? <laughs> and then after what they say the first two weeks of the year, right? Mm-hmm. The first two weeks of the year are the easiest to stay committed. <laughs> yeah, like because it's something new. Seventy five percent. Of people maintain their resolutions through the first week, seventy one percent through the second week, and then entering into February, you know, it's starting to dwindle away. You may have them people that's like pushing through. <laughs> so yeah, you get a few that they keep it going. The commitment starts to definitely taper off. I know for me, when I was setting resolutions, I'm like, I'm gonna lose these 25, 30 pounds. And then I'd do real good, but then I'd see something I really wanted to eat. And if I really want to eat it, I'm going to eat it. You know what I mean? Like, But I'm not a big eater anyway. No. Like, I'm before not. this whole intermittent, like, fasting thing became a trend, I've been doing that shit. Like, <laughs> anyway. But, um, so yeah, I definitely think that instead of setting resolutions, you know, I did my my air quotes, we need to start building better habits. All right. Like, I really think the problem is that it takes, I think research said it takes like 66 days on average to form a habit. Mm. Right. Most people give up before that. And so. But I thought before, well, not before, but it was 21 days. No, it's 21 days to change Mm -hmm. a habit. Mm -hmm. But it's, what you say, 66 to make it. To make make it it stick. stick. You know what I mean? But it takes 21 days to change. And the problem is, their resolution, so these people would be called like resolvers. (laughs) What are they resolving? (laughs) What are we resolving? These resolvers aren't giving themselves enough time to adequately like integrate this new behavior into their routine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We forget that like we move, we're, we're creatures of habit. And so we already have a routine whether we think about it or not. And so then we start, it's like, oh, this is new. It don't fit into what I'm doing. And so we stop doing it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I definitely think going into um, resolutions, you know, take, I hate that word. Like every time I see at the end of the year, I get frustrated on social media and I'm like, uh, they like, uh, 2020 going to be my year. Every year is going to be Well, your damn. Year. 2019 was your year. 2018. 2018 was your year. And each year you've been doing the same 2021 shit. 2021 is going to be your year. 2022 is going to be your year. You know what I mean? Pick it a year and make it your year. 
Stop telling everybody your doggone business. Yep, Start moving. That's your problem. That, that's the problem. Like, we go out there and we say these things and you get people like me that's like, mm, but you moving the same like you've hey, been moving. Lil Wayne said it the best. What do you say, babe? Real G's move in silence. Real G's. So be a real G in 2020. <laughs> Stop telling everybody what you're going to do. Because when you don't do it, they ain't going to never sit down and laugh at you. Right. And some people will laugh at you when you do do it because they didn't have the op- they didn't you know follow their am- their ambitions. That's something we tell our kids all the time. You doing good? Are you doing bad? Mm. Somebody's still gonna talk about you. That's facts. I mean, so it don't matter. Okay, so let's jump right in. We talked about some of the great things that happened over this decade. Um, it's gonna be good and bad things mixed in. Yeah. You know that's. With good things come bad things. True. Let's not even say bad things. Because death, it's not a bad thing, but it's it is a bad happen. thing. I'm saying it has to happen, but it's it's not bad because you're transitioning. Mm-hmm. But it could be bad for the people you leave behind. Okay. But, you know, we'll get through it. We'll definitely get through it. Okay, so what are some of the most uh, memorable things that you remember over this decade for me one that we forget because it's kind of like become a um it's become a regular name but with me being a broadcaster um with that kind of background and loving like media for me was in um 2011 when oprah winfrey came out with the oprah Um, winfrey network Network. and then now we think about um what just happened with tyler perry and him opening up the studio like every like just the black just the black narrative just blackness that's what just it the was. black the black <laughs> the blackness is amazing and as we you know started this show at the beginning of the season we talked about narratives and mm-hmm. we wanted a place for us to be able to sit down and talk and share and um, engage and be inspired and for me as a person with a media background and watching all the hate, like she do get a lot of haters. A lot. Like, but I mean. But she also supports who support her vision. So it's also important to keep your team small. I do. I learned something from watching her over all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't let everybody get close to you. No. Nah. You cannot let everybody get close to you. Um, but I definitely, that was one for me. Is watching a new era, era, not error, error, e r a, um, watching a new era of media moguls, because I mean that's what they've done. Um, she she took the you know the leap, and then we had a Tyler Perry, and then also over the decade we had a how do you say her name? It's Ava. Ava du- Duvernay. Du- Duvernay. Yeah, I think she is freaking amazing like again narratives storytelling the way she's taken our stories and the things that we um the things that we the way that we talk and like i just like the way that she was really able to make us feel like Mm -hmm. you know we were in any of these movies like selma hell i felt like i was back in those times watching i'm not even gonna lie when we went to see Selma at the theater, I fell asleep. But that was because why I had just got off of work. Oh yeah. 
But we did buy the movie and I watched it at home. I don't know how many times I don't watch it now. Yeah. But it's a good movie. That Great movie, movie got her that movie got her um a Golden Globe Award. She got a Golden Globe Award for Selma and she was nominated uh as the best director, which mm-hmm. is the first time ever that an African American woman was nominated for that. So, you know, to me, like you said, women women of color, black women mm-hmm. have definitely um set set a set a pace and set a tone. Yeah. I'm gonna say one of my most memorable moments of the decade hmm. is not even really a good moment. It's only memorable because I figured out that I was gonna have to do it. What? And I didn't wanna do it. Oh my gosh. Was when Prince died. Oh <laughs> my god. So story. Story time, go ahead, babe. It was April. It was April twenty sixteen. Yeah. And I think I was getting ready to go to work. That's when I worked at FedEx when we lived in O'Fallon. And I got a call. Well, I heard it on the... What was I doing? I heard it on the news. Yeah, it was April 21st to be exact. I was. I heard it on the news. And I was like, oh, dang. And then your mama called me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like... Uh, I don't know. She was saying hey and talking about the kids and stuff. Then she was like, uh, you know Prince died. And I was like, yeah, I just found out. Um, I'll tell her. <laughs> like, for, <laughs> so, for me, that was tragic. It was like, it was a it was a few hours. I was like, oh, my God. Well, because I have finals. Yeah, you was in class. <laughs> I was like, oh, my, how am I going to do this? I don't know how I'm going to do this. But I was like, I'm not calling her on the way home. <laughs> so I would just wait till she get home. But she called on her way home. And we were just talking because she hadn't found out yet. I don't know how. Because I have finals. Like, but I said, know, that's what I'm saying. You was in college and you have finals. Like, literally, you be tunnel vision because you're trying but to get through that you shit. You was in the car on the way home. so I heard it on the radio, I think. And I was like, I got something to tell you when you get home. And she was like, just tell me now. I was like, no, I'll just wait till you get home. And his tone was weird. He didn't say it like that. Yeah, I was. He had this, like. I swear, if you ask the kids, I was scared. I don't know. I promise I you, I was scared. scared. With the tone that you had, you was like. <laughs> Um, I need to talk to you when you get home. Like, nobody want to get that, like... I'm just like, <laughs> this how it was. I told the kids, I was like, Prince died. And all three of them was like, oh. Because we were planning on seeing him that year. <laughs> like, he was getting ready to come and then, to St. Louis. Yeah. And so, like, I was, re- I was trying to get through finals. He was coming in, like, June or something, I believe. I don't remember right now, but... To hear it, I literally, we were on the interstate and I... And when I told the kid, and then when she, they heard the van pull up outside, they all went to their rooms. They was like, you got to do this on your own. Yeah, so like, (laughs) that was, that was, I don't know, I just feel like whenever, um, so first of all, when he, when I was born, I was born in 1984, and my mom went into labor with me on the day that she went to go see this movie. Purple Rain. um, Purple Rain. And so... Um, to me, I felt like I always had an energy bond. And then I remember her listening to him all the time. Little Red Corvette is something that mm-hmm. always plays in my head. Um, and the crazy thing about it is I'm a huge fan, but I don't know all his music. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, how do you, how does somebody affect you, um, in that kind of way? Um, he definitely had an impact on me, like from his style, 
to the way that he carried himself. And as I get older and I worry about, sometimes I worry about my identity. I worry about how I look to people. Um, not that I care. I don't give a damn what people think about me, but being like presentable or when you go into new spaces and I always thought about uh, Prince Rogers Nelson. <laughs> That's his legal name. But I always thought about him because he was a pretty motherfucker. Like, That's what that's what I tell my son this. He laughed. But I was like, I don't care what nobody say. There's not a straight man who is securing his manhood that can't say Prince is not pretty. Yeah, he's like gorgeous. And... And not, I never felt no like weird energies or whatever. But no, I was like, I like, I know I'm not gay, but Prince is pretty. Yeah, he's pretty, <laughs> and he's you know the, the the stuff that he can do musically. You know what I mean? What's my other? He has another um movie that I love. I can never think the name of it. The um, one that came after Purple Rain. I it came after Purple Rain. I'll find out. But I love that movie. But that was the other thing. The kids, everybody knew what it, what he meant to me. So yeah, they they left me. Um, in, they left me by myself on that one. They and all then in their rooms. The young, you know, my youngest was like, "Mom, you don't even know all his music." I'm like, "But I know the effect that he had on me." You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. We're gonna jump kind of like all. Yeah, we're gonna place. jump around. Um, one, we gotta get. <laughs> we gotta jump into this one. This is a more recent one, but. Uh, definitely the marathon continues. Whenever you say nope. that, most people know what that is. We lost um, somebody who I think a lot of people were sleep on for so long um, was Nipsey Hussle. Um, a lot of people. And for me, I love watching what he did for the community. And I didn't know about him as much as, you know, as much as some people. I had started hearing about him through his community movements. I didn't really know him through his musical outlet. And then he got with Lauren London and you know, she just the OG anyway. So once I realized who she was with, I've always been a fan of hers. Um, I just kind of started following them. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think he left a legacy of entrepreneurship for the black culture. He left the legacy of stepping out and actually taking action to make a change. It didn't matter whether he was a gangbanger. Nope. It didn't matter, you know, what his past was. He still was real to the streets. Mm -hmm. He was real to his set. He was real to the community. He was a real father, a real friend. Um, I love the love that him and Lauren had for each other. Um, I just hate that sometimes you get people in your circle and in your corner and they try to, you know, tear down the legacy. But... That last, that album that he did was titled... Victory Lap. I mean, if you look at the title of it, you'd be like, damn. Man, it's kind of like he prophetic. Yeah. We talk about like Tupac and all these things and how he thought things, you know, he was speaking things before they, they came. Have, yeah. That Victory Lap album, to me, was very prophetic and um, it was it was timeless right off, right off I can't top. remember the line he said in the song, but he was like... He was just talking about, I guess, one of his homeboys on the set. He like, how you get killed after 35 after banging all them years? And you look like, damn. Yeah. Same thing happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just really, I have to get in and give them the props for continuing um, to let his marathon continue. Yeah. So, you know. Um, Neighborhood nip. 
neighborhood and it definitely uh, rest in peace to him. What else you got? What's another one of your favorite moments? I mean, it's not a favorite moment, mm-hmm. but it was a big moment <laughs> throughout this year because it had us at it. Was it this year? Well, not this year, but I'm saying this decade. It had us at odds with each other. You and I? Even though we were saying the same thing, we were just saying it in a different way. Well, this got to be some Michael Brown shit. Yeah. I mean, it's not shit, but we, like, for real argued. I was we like, argued, bruh. Like, we was mad. We for... was big mad in the house. Like, the kids had got involved, everything. Cause Until this... we sat down and realized, like, yeah. we're saying the same damn thing, just saying it a different way. And then I got <laughs> in my feelings because, like, we were actually on the front lines, like, be an activist during this time and so we were seeing things you know we it broke down the fact that i was like well i'm from up here you from down there from down south we just think differently y'all you know we were literally and that's what I, then that's what i had to explain to her and a, a lot of other people was like y'all so outraged about it now which mm. is a good thing but in the south the shit has been happening it's just yeah. nobody was recording it right and I think, like, what was the argument even about? It's, we were saying, like, I think at the time it was like, we was blaming the police or whatever. And I was like, but we as a people, we got to do better because they're not going to stop doing whatever they're doing to us mm. until we come together and, like, we're not taking this no more. And my thing was, there was never... So I think the point of the argument that we were having then, which I'm glad we finally... I don't know if we agreed to disagree or... No, I think we just realized... Yeah, we started to realize, like, we saying the same thing. And I was like... Just... It all boils down to why we here at the Ebony Mashup, too. I was like, it's never going to get better. No. Like... Unless we... You just have to have outlets um, like this one to where you can, because the problem is... What I was finding as as I was an activist and as I was doing these things, you had all these different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And so you had people, you know, I had people like, why are you out there? We, I'm talking about when we went marching in Ferguson and in St. Louis. And see, that's what I think. Why that, are you taking your kids out here? That, and that's what I think that what helped us realize, like, we're saying the same thing because we out here for the same reasons that. Well, I mean, we out here. Oh, we out here. Like, <laughs> and then we realized, like, Yo, we saying the same thing. We just got a different way of saying it. Yeah, and my irritation was that, like, it didn't matter whether he was, um, we got to do better. My thing was it didn't matter um, whether he had a hoodie on Mm -hmm. or none of that mattered to me because his black life didn't mean anything to to begin with. Whether, um, Whether he was, you know, an elite scientist Mm -hmm. or... He was the smartest drug dealer or the class Victorian or, you know, and any of that. To me, my FYI, point was, what's up? If you think about it, drug dealers are very smart. Yeah. Just to let you know. Yeah. Some <laughs> of them. The, the older, good ones. I'm going to say the, the good ones because we just, you know, really re- realized that as much as we talk about how we don't like math and how people, a lot of black people struggle with math, the people the, that... I have um, interacted with that know the most about math are drug dealers <laughs> and they know the real like like they know chemistry and but they know they know the uh, the metric system like they know yeah. centimeters and, 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 and <laughs> grams and grams. like they know stuff that you know in school we didn't learn that and like when we were stationed in Germany 
you know, they, everything was everything was off of that metric was metric. And so <laughs> those are some of the smartest, you know, people with math. And that's what I, I found out. No, not found out, but I realized same thing when I played football in high school. Mm-hmm. Like you learn, like our, our coach made some of the teachers come look at our playbook. Mm. And they look at like how do they learn all this stuff in that small amount of time? And that's what I coach told me. It's like it's cause stuff is stuff that they want to do. It is definitely stuff that they want to do. But then I think about it like this: like drug dealers, they most of them didn't want to go to school, so they're not gonna do good in school. Right. But I'm out here on the street doing the same thing I would have did in school and doing it better. Right. Because it's something that they want to do. Mm-hmm. When we talked about Michael Brown, I think over this last decade. Um, the black experience has become more televised, but it's been used um, as a way to paint a picture mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that's not always the best. Our media, the media perceptions that are out there, and the, I just see the way. Um, so also another moment that happened was, um, what was it? Uh, Charleston, the church. Oh, yeah. The church killings happened in Charleston, right? Yep. Um, Dylan Roof was his name, mm-hmm. right? And for me, I always think about that because I watched how they made a killer look humane. Yep. Off of this man food. Um, I yep. watched, you know, the way that he was moved and uh, transported, and I watched the black forgiveness. That was the part I think. You know, you are supposed to forgive and all that. And to me, I continue to be irritated with that religious side of it. Well, you know, the great book tells us that we have to forgive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that irritated me. And I was just like, we got to stop. And that goes back to the point that we just made. Like, like If I don't want to forgive you, I don't want to forgive you. But, or, okay, <laughs> more recently, I don't remember the name of the person. The lady... Um, if you want to call her that, uh, (laughs) who killed the man in his home, the cop. And yeah. yeah. And then, you know, the hugs and (laughs) the, just the love and, um, the valuing of just like her feelings. I don't know. All of that bothered me. Um, and so over this last decade, you know, for me, I got to see my people um, in the media. Um, there were some good, but I feel like we, over this last decade, um, the media has made a mockery of our culture in so many um, ways. And I'm not even talking about, like, cultural appropriation or anything like that. Yeah. I'm just saying just, like, in general. But it brings me to Jordan Peele. <laughs> Get out. Jordan Peele you know like I I need like a a round of applause freaking um, sound effect right here because he to me again we talked about narratives maybe that's what we could have called today's show get out Uh, get out (laughs) (laughs) you know uh, the narratives that, that, that were going forth over this last decade man he he did his thing. Like I felt every goosebump when I went to watch that movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. Like <laughs> even though I heard us wasn't that good, but 
We rented it. We rented it and didn't ever watch it. I'm scared. I I don't know. It just seems weird. I heard I've I've heard good reviews. I've heard bad reviews. But Jordan Peele, shout out to you, my brother. Shout out to you. And not a shout out to this person. Who? Mr. Uh, what do they call him? Mr. <laughs> Juicy Smollier. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesse Smollett. I'm oh, so sorry. I feel like we just getting over that. Like, I feel like between him and Kells, y'all know we talk about him a lot. But His name is not Kells. His name is Robert. Oh, my God. He is no longer R. Kelly. And every holiday thing we have been through over the past the, couple weeks, like, and I still be in there people dancing. People in so. Chicago Listen. love Robert Kelly. Oh my God, they do. Wait a minute. Okay, okay, okay. They, they'll tell you like what he did was wrong, but they still love play his music. <laughs> okay, I got one of the biggest hot messes of the decade. What's that? We got to jump all the way back to 2015. What happened in 2015? That it, was a big hot mess. That was a big hot mess. How do you say the name? Rachel Dolezal. Rachel Dolezal. That was one of, listen, that was the funniest shit to me ever. I was like, you got a lot of nerve. She was, so for those of you who don't know, she was the NAACP chapter president in Spokane, Washington. Um, Spokane, Washington. It's not a number of white people live there. (laughs) She was outed for really being a white woman after it was discovered that she was lying about her race. Like, we just talked about cultural appropriation and what it wasn't, but, like, that was... There's not even a word, I don't think, for that. It's called... Identity theft. Identity theft, That's exactly. what it is. <laughs> but it's, like, from Uncle Ruckus from, uh... From, uh... uh oh, the boon... From the boondocks. And he said he had reverse villiligo. Yeah, that's what she should have said. She had Villaligo. But guess what, y'all? She do it. I think I read it somewhere not too long ago. She teaching hair braiding classes now. Hey, but that's got to be a first in history where a white person wants to be black. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. She was a mess. When I heard that story, at first I thought it was clickbait. Like, I Uh read it and I was like, you... She has been getting by for years as a black woman. As a black woman? Like that... That that felt some kind of way. That's why I said I know it's messed up, but that deserves some kind of something. Because you actually want it to be black. I love being black, though. I do, but it, it is a how many white sometimes. people you know want to be black? True. More than you think. I mean, hence tanning. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they want to be black when it's good, but when it's time yeah. to be black, they don't want to be black no more. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me think. Let me think. Let me think here. I have a few notes, you know. We'll talk about one later. Um, so also again talking about the narratives, um, we forget to t- a lot of like our old musicians, oh, like yeah. old school people, like from way before me, like Chuck Berry died, Lena Horn, Lena Horn, um, BB King, damn BB King, yep, like some really influential. People, I said, uh, yeah, not even museum, but people, period, musicians, uh, the people, period, because Nelson Mandela, yeah, and Winnie, she, yeah, she she died as well, Maya Angelou, yeah, um, <laughs> Ruby D, Francis, uh, Scott, Cress, doesn't her Crest Scott or whatever, Doctor, I can't remember her name, um, yeah. I don't know, it was just a lot of Diane Carroll, 
Oh, for real? Yeah, she died in October of this year, I think. Wow, Ruby D. Yeah. It's another one. So, yeah, we lost some really, really great. Muhammad Ali. And when you lose those people, it's important to remember to keep their legacy alive. We also lost somebody very important to black people. Man, everybody, we need some solemn music right now. Um, what is if we if we, if we had like that New Orleans funeral music, the, you know, uh, that makes you feel it in your heart? We lost President, President Obama. Barack Obama. He didn't die. He didn't die, but we lost. He left him. office. <laughs> we <laughs> we lost him. And who we got in return? Oh my God! Listen, it it, it had to happen. Um, we had to. He had to leave because he couldn't stay forever. He couldn't stay forever, and then after he left, we entered into an ultimate episode of the Twilight Zone. No, we entered. We entered into a real apprentice. Yeah. So we talk (laughs) about memories over this last decade. To me, this is the greatest political upset of the century. We're talking about a decade. That's they they gotta change this electoral college bull. I don't care what nobody say. Not only that, but they also need to change term limits, Be, because I feel like oh yeah, we talking about for representatives and for senators representatives, and all, yeah. for judges, for all that yeah, these term yeah, yeah, limits yeah. because times people change. You know what I'm saying? And times change, and term limits. There's people that are sitting in office that's been in there. You know, fifty. That's what we heard. Some man said was a Supreme Court justice or whatever. Like, he had been sitting. He been sitting there since nineteen sixty something. Unreal, like, dude. You probably can't even move right now. Un, freaking real. Like that is what my goal is. Like we talk about the electoral college or all that. For me, if I ever have anything to do with politics, which it is something that I, you know, that I um think about God, dabbling dude. in from time to time. Um, but I'm also uh, I don't. I like to think that I don't think from a political arena. I like that I think that I think from a grassroots kind of um, arena. But I definitely think that the offices have to have turnover. There has to be change um, because we change as a people. Well, that proves right the hell there that we don't change as a society. Nope. You know, it's a perception of change. It's a perception of, uh, you know, growth at times. But I can go on that forever. Yeah. Yeah. But we got a, I got another one What's for up? you. Another death. But this another is very death. interesting. She was one of the first, I'm going to say one of, probably the first black diva. Okay. Aretha Franklin. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you want to know how much a diva she really was? Mm. Remember now, she died in August 2018. She instructed for there to be three wardrobe changes for her different homegoing services. Before, like, she planned Before she died. Wow. So, for (laughs) me, I I am, you know, everybody knows R-E-S-P-E-C-T. You know, that's Aretha Franklin. And I love her voice. And please don't yell at me when I say this, but I was not a huge fan of Aretha Franklin. Um... My legend that I lost, and I feel it. I talked about Prince, but um, I felt this one because we've all watched her struggle. We lost Whitney Houston oh, Whitney. over this yeah. decade. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. right after that, you know, to see the loss of her child. The same way. The same kind of, you know, yeah. way. 
um, that hit home. Like, I remember being in South Carolina, braiding my baby's hair, watching the whole ceremony, mm-hmm. and um, just bawling. Yeah, she called me at work crying <laughs> while she was watching the funeral. Because for me, Whitney Houston, like, I grew up watching her. Oh, no. I got off that early that, early that day and then came home. Yeah. But that was really sad for me. And then um, just to see her daughter and just watch the way that um, the industry can change you, to watch the way that drugs change you, people to watch the you. way. Yep. That's, you took the words right. The people that are around you. You know what I mean? I don't know we can say after watching shows. And hearing interviews, that Bobby wasn't that bad of an influence on her as people thought. I think they automatically she, took her as you know the good girl. Good girl but she. But I think that Whitney definitely had introduced some him demons, to some stuff. But because he was rough <laughs> around the edges, yeah. it automatically fell on him. Fell on him. Um, I think initially people threw the whole drug thing on Bobby. On Bobby, but he was really an alcoholic. He and did do he drugs. Weed. He smoked weed and he got drunk. Um, and he had anger issues. Yeah. Whitney the one who introduced the from her brother, I believe the white stuff through her brother. Um, which leave that shit alone in twenty twenty. Hold on, <laughs> leave the cocaine in twenty nineteen. It is one hell of. That's a what jump. Rick James said. Crack cocaine. is whack. No, Whitney said crack is whack. That's why we gonna look. And Rick James said cocaine is a hell of a drug. You know, I think it has become. I don't think you're talking about it in a good way. We. It, we party now like no not like that no I don't no, we don't par- no. cause you know partying is a way that you say you do that but we let's take that back we do not indulge um <laughs> but we go out we step out every once in a while now and it is becoming mainstream for people to just be like do you party fuck no I don't party don't offer me that and it's to me the just the offer of it is rudeness <laughs> Because that means you are so far gone. You are so comfortable in your... You are so comfortable <laughs> in your use of the snow that you just asked me and so... The booger sugar. <laughs> <laughs> for me, um, being out, I am... As I'm going out more, I am in awe. I am in awe at the normalcy of it. Yeah. And right. the the freeness of it. And um, it hurts my heart, really, because this is not, you know, and they're like, oh, it's just social. It's just social. But you see what it can do to but people. You see, that's, that's I do not get. How do you become a new crackhead? How? You see what it do to people. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm not judging. Like, I'm just not. I'm just worried about our people. I because am. this is something <laughs> I'm worried about our people. And and what's crazy about it is the people that I know that that do it, those are the ones that continue to talk about good. I'm getting my life together, girl. I'm gonna do you know what I mean. I'm gonna do what I need well, to do. Get your life together. Get your life together and start putting down. that shit down up your nose. Okay, sorry that was a rant. Smoke but weed. It's better. It's better for you. You know, anything that's made in a lab ain't good for you. It's not good for you. That's drugs. Weed is a plant. It, it is a plant. It grows out of the ground. It grows out of the ground. And it just so happens to get you high after it grows out of the ground. <laughs> so, yeah, that was just, yeah, that bothered me. We have probably, this is probably the most, how can I say it? Hmm. Uh, this is something that we, I know nobody expected in this hmm. decade. 
OJ Simpson is out of jail <laughs> and Bill Cosby is in jail. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I stand on record saying I believe OJ did it or he had somebody do it for him. Yeah, he has something to do with it. But he's out of jail and Bill Cosby is in jail. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. What does that tell you? I mean, <laughs> America's favorite daddy got sentenced. Got sentenced like, <laughs> that's for what stuff that happened me. in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Can, that's another thing that happened this decade that pisses that me, me off. Too movement? Not the Me Too movement is this whole like bringing up shit from the from way this way old way way apologies. Deep. Like you got to go back and apologize for shit that you said, you know, years before, but now that you're famous, and a lot of that happened because of this LGBTQ Q plus plus A B C D E F G movement. Sorry if that hurts somebody's feelings, but it's a sensitive group of fucking people. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it really is a very sensitive group. And the the funny thing about it is like, um, I'm not upset with that because I've gone both ways in my life. Like, so I'm not mad at what y'all do See, or nothing, but I'm just like, bruh. Shut up. Quit being so yeah. sensitive. My thing is, like, I ain't got nothing against you. Mm-hmm. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do because you have to live with it, not me. Yeah. But you can't get mad if people don't accept you because you didn't accept yourself. Mm. So, but if my child comes home one day and say they're gay, they're bisexual, they want to be a woman, they want to be a man... You just That's make you. sure you don't let them people walk all over you. Yep. You know what I mean? What I what I what I tell my kids all the time. I don't care. Um, I had to change. Um, the I mean, we talked about this on here. The language of how I approached my kids, like mm-hmm. so, like for my girls, I'm not gonna say when you bring your boyfriend home or when something you like your, that. Your because I wanted person. to be more fluid in support in my language as I supported wherever they went through. But the one thing <laughs> that I told them was um, nobody is your friend or nobody loves you who demands your you, silence yeah. or who denies you the right to grow. If they demand your silence or if they blocking your growth, I don't give it. I don't care if it's a boy, a girl, whatever. Those are not the people you need in your life. You need to have people that are going to allow you to grow and people that want to grow with you. And people that's going to let you know when you're wrong. People that's going to, for instance. But they'll stand up for you, but they'll let you know if you're wrong. Right. <laughs> for instance, I have my sisters in, in, in Dallas and mm-hmm. uh, my besties in Birmingham, Alabama. And one is in And one, my other Troy, is in Troy or Missouri area. So I have a small little circle, right? And we stepped out last night. Mm-hmm. And it was really good to know that they all knew me. Um, as we talked about identity, I put on an outfit and it was a good looking outfit, but they were honest. They were like, mm, you look uncomfortable in that. You look cute, but you look uncomfortable in that. And so for me, that meant a lot to know that I had people around me that were honest enough to tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. But so it wasn't ugly. It wasn't ugly, but were honest enough to tell me the truth, but didn't want me out there any kind of way. Mm-hmm. So even with little things like that, we take for granted because sometimes you got people out there that don't want to see, you know, 
they want you to be the ugly duckling, and yeah. you know, with the group. It's just you wasn't ugly. No, it just didn't fit me right. But to me, for the reason that it looked good for me and the girls, mm-hmm. was because you told us that you were trying to change my your image, right? And you were trying to find. So what you had on looked nice, but like you said, it didn't fit. It wasn't you. Right. I got to be comfortable. Like all, I did do the heels. But I like to dance. Like, you know, I think women go to the club and we get dressed for other women. You think you get dressed for the man, but you really get dressed for other women. And then when I stepped out last night and I saw these heifers, they don't get dressed for nothing. Like, they look like, ugh. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. All right. I know how to readjust for the next time. When we talk about, like, image, Mm -hmm. a lot of the images that I like, um, and a lot of the styles that I like came from a very big moment um, that happened in okay, in 2018. And we can't miss this moment. Beyonce uh. gave us a crash course in HBCU culture. Like when she did Coachella, that the, the costumes and the imagery um the visual oh my god like mm. i can watch that just you know how we go back and watch the cosby show or whatever i can watch that um i was made to watch it he was not made to I watch was. it i'm not it's not a I'm not gonna say i'm not I'm not a fan of beyonce she does make some good music because mm-hmm. you know my favorite song is halo still yeah but you know i always thought kelly was the best out of the group I think, and that, it's just because I maybe because I like dark skinned women. Yeah, I think I, I started liking her more. Yeah, because um, you didn't like Beyonce. I didn't like her in the, no, 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 no. Let's when it was part straight. of Destiny Child, you, I didn't like Beyonce in a group setting okay. because I felt like she was dominant, mm. and I felt like they were marketing her in a certain kind of way. I didn't like her in a group setting. I liked her but we by can herself. All agree what that Michelle shouldn't have been in the group. Damn it! Tell the truth. Thank yeah, you. and I believe she was a strategic choice. Even though she's from Rockford, still. She was very strategic. So, I don't know. I believe she was very strategic in the matter. Um, but another good thing we had this year. What? We got a black princess. We did. We got a black princess. And the realness, you know, because when I think about over there um, across the pond... <laughs> When as I, they would say. As they would say. When I think about it, I don't ever... I know that there's black people there, mm-hmm. but... But they don't show them. They don't show them. And so, for me, they're like... The, what are they? The, the vagabonds or whatever mm-hmm. you call them. Um, they... To me, it was like, represent, again, representation. The narrative. Yeah, because she created they did, a narrative. During the wedding, they did show her black mother on the screen. They did, but also... And we're talking about Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle, yeah, I don't know if we mentioned her name, but also being that her ch- uh, that Princess Diana's boys saw what their mother went through, I think that that has helped them um, right now, even in her past, and this has helped Meghan Markle and what was her, what's her husband's name? Oh, this Prince one of the Harry, princes, Harry, um, <laughs> the young one. <laughs> you know, we this has helped them transition and bring something new because I heard that they are going to be bringing. Moving to the yeah, states, yeah, they moving to the states, yeah. Which is really, you know, but he saw the hell that his mom went through. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, so, um, 
as we get ready, because I know I want to get ready to wrap up soon, um, but, something really great happened um, here this year in December. Um, Eddie Murphy came back. Yes. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Huge. He was on Saturday Night Live. Yes, the show's final episode of 2019. Um, and the ratings, oh my God, I think they were like... 10 million viewers. Dang it, like... The most watched episode in the last two years. Yeah. And so for <laughs> me, I was like, hell yeah, he's back. Like, we go back to... We are like Beverly Hills... That whole Beverly Hills Cop series, Raw. 48 hours. Um, 48 hours the golden child coming to america like harlem nights we watch harlem, harlem nights. nights we watch that well, all no. the time we watch trading places trading places all but to me i'm i'm a i'm a fan of comedy um i like all things comedy you know in my head i'm a low key comedian you know those of you that really know me she we going to get her to do well you know she's not a stand up person her mm-hmm. comedy is more everyday life yeah but eddie murphy is not telling jokes he definitely is one of my faves. I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna say this. Okay. I love Richard Pryor. Uh oh, you about to say something silly? No, I ain't about to say nothing silly. Okay. But to me, Eddie Murphy's probably the greatest of all time. Hmm. 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 Man. For me. Okay, listen, me. y'all need to chime in on this. This is the last episode of the season, and that was a very, very big, you know. To me, like I said, I love you. Richard Pryor. Yeah. Well, I don't know. But yeah. It's been fun, you guys. Like we cannot get off the air without mentioning this. What? Because I am sure all the Golden Girls fans <laughs> will be mad at us. But Betty White is still alive. She did not die this year. Who said she died? No, I'm saying Betty White's probably gonna outlive everybody on earth. Okay. <laughs> She's the I- Grim Reaper. She's taking everybody out. Listen. I just think that we grew up with the Golden Girls and not even, we didn't realize how savage they were. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize, like, how much they knew, (laughs) like, how... how Yeah, because we was watching something the other day where they talked about, like, all the issues that the Golden Girls talked about, and you really didn't even notice that they talked about Mm -hmm. them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, let's do great as we get ready to enter into this new year. You know, they say... um, you know, vision is clear, but uh, we have to remember that you have to put those goals into action. Yes. They can no longer just sit and be visions. Just like we sat here and just went over all the things that the different things that, you know, over this last decade, we had a lot of losses. We did have mm-hmm. a lot of gains. Had a lot of gains. Um, we had a lot of seeds that were planted. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you planted seeds... Over this last decade, not just in 2019, sometimes you need to go back and rewater those things. Sometimes you've planted the seed and then you got fearful. You know, I started by saying, don't let a mixture of fear and laziness keep you from moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes we planted seeds, you get confident, you plant the seeds, and then that fear kicks in, but we just didn't till our soil. Go back. Get a journal. That's the first thing. Get you a journal. Forget these resolutions. Um, start setting some intentions for your life. Mm-hmm. That That's a mindset thing. You know what I mean? 
to me, resolutions have to do with the external, what people yeah. want to see. To me, an intention means it's something you have to deal with from the inside. Okay? You got to work inside out. Inside out. Get you a journal. Just think of it like you're restoring a car. Mm-hmm. You don't start with the outside first. You got to work your way from the in to out. The That's outside true. is the last thing you do. Should be. Should be the last thing you do if you want to do it right. It should be. So as you get ready to go into this, start writing. Get back to the basics, which is putting a pen to paper. Pick up a book in 2020. That's what I was about to say. 2020 is the year of turn up. The year of turn up. And when I say turn up, I mean no matter what you do, you turn up. Yes. You're looking for a new job, you turn up and find you a new job. Yeah. You in the job that you you love and you like, turn up while you're doing your work. You in a job that you hate, still turn up. Turn up, do your best to, to get, get that next one. To get the next one, you know what I mean? So we loved being with you guys. Like, really, we thank you for rocking with us for these 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a dream for us. And so... We really, from the bottom of our heart, appreciate. We wouldn't even be able to be having episode 10 without our listenership growing and without you sharing and without you um, vibing it with us. Just letting us know. Letting us us know. know. For season two. So we can make it better. We want to be even more in your face. So season two, um, we will be coming at you with uh, audio and visual. So you'll get to see us, which means I got to. Be ready most of the time. And we will be traveling <laughs> yes. in 2020 with the show. With so. the show as well. So if you have suggestions for season two, themes, things you want us to talk about, we want to get more deeper with our interviews this year. We want to shout out to, uh, we had one guest for this, se- or two, we have our kids, you know. They're going to be on there from time to they're time. They're going to so. be on there from time to time. So shout out to our babies. And I also want to shout out to Danielle, Danielle. Johnson from AM Studios. She was our guest for this season. She came when we needed her, and we really appreciate that. One um, day we're going to try to have our producer on there, but I don't know if he wants to. Yeah, know. you know, you know, <laughs> um, as we end this year, like we really, I really want to shout out uh, to my producer and his wife and the team there for supporting our dream. Yep. Um, it's okay to sh- share your dream with the right people. With Don't right share people. with everybody. Yeah. Feel their energy. Get some discernment. But um, I really thank them for hearing our vision and our dream as we do this. We're going to come back stronger and better and help you help us so that we can all get to a better place so we can mash up for the culture and be better for the culture. So we can get through this thing called life. Yeah, because, you know, we already have so many things up against us. Um, this has been a great outlet. Can't wait to see y'all. Happy New Year. Turn up. Turn up. Give your babies a hug. People is dropping like flies. Make sure you let somebody know you love them. Um, Yeah, set boundaries. (laughs) And keep loving and living life. Peace, love, and blessings. I love you all. Love you. And can't wait to see you. We will be back in February. February. Yes, Black History Month. We'll be back the first week of February. Even though it's Black History Day for us every day. Yes, uh, with some new stuff for y'all, all right? Peace, love, and blessings. Until next time, keep it black. Peace. <laughs>